Welcome to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, a look at the latest news in Louisiana agriculture. Coming up, we'll have a look at this week's Louisiana Ag News headlines. We'll check out the latest happenings at the state capitol and in Washington, D.C. in our grassroots government segment. We'll hear from one of you as we take you to the fields and pastures of the Bayou State and find out the latest in crop and cattle conditions. And we'll look inside the markets with commentary from experts at the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association. All of this and more coming up on this week's podcast. Now, here's the host of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, Carrie Martin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 30 of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Martin. Well, this is a big podcast for us because of a couple of reasons. Number one, we haven't done a podcast in nearly a month. And the reason for that is, well, I have been down and out. If you listen to our previous podcast, I was complaining at the beginning of that one that I was picking up a cough. Well, that cough turned into way more than I bargained for. I ended up with whooping cough. Now, I've told a few folks that, and they say, no, you don't have whooping cough. That it's not around anymore. You just have a really bad, cruddy cough. No, I went to the doctor. They did a blood test, and I tested positive for pertussis, which is the medical term for whooping cough. Folks, this is some bad stuff. You do not want to get it, and it's just really weird because I just got my whooping cough vaccine booster a year ago, so I had been vaccinated against it and still somehow picked it up, uh, but boy, I'm telling you, it is the worst cough you can possibly imagine, along with various other side effects, which we will not discuss here today. You don't want to hear about it. It was that bad. But uh, it, of course, when you cough that much, it just kills your voice um, and, and talking aggravates the cough. So uh, I was not on the radio, not doing a podcast. I want to thank my good buddy Don Molino for filling in for me on the voice of Louisiana Agriculture Radio Network for a couple of weeks while I rested and recuperated. Still have a little lingering cough, but I think we're just about over it. We're getting back on the saddle, back on the air, and back into podcasting and rolling, picking up with episode 30. And I want to emphasize that, episode 30, this is a big episode for us because it marks our one-year anniversary. We launched this podcast last April, and in one year's time, we've done 30 episodes bringing you up to date on all the latest happenings in Louisiana agriculture. So happy birthday, one-year anniversary to our podcast, and I want to thank each and every one of you for listening and tuning in each and every time. We try to put out two podcasts per month. Uh, that's kind of the pace that we start. We actually, when we launched it a year ago, I was doing one a week, uh, and honestly, that liked to kill me. So <laughs> I cut back to two a month. And hopefully that keeps you updated enough every two to three weeks as we get our information out. Well, again, thank you for listening. Uh, it's been a great year putting this podcast together. I really enjoy doing it. And I've heard from so many of you that you appreciate the work that we're doing to get this thing out to you and get you the information that you need to become a better farmer, rancher, our agribusiness professional 
here in the state of Louisiana. And we've gotten responses from people outside of the state. Actually, we've gotten responses uh, from folks in Washington, D.C. and many other states who listen just to keep up with what's going on with us right here in the Bayou State. Well, coming up on this episode number 30 of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, we'll kick it off with news headlines and most of the news has to do with the weather. That seems to be a common theme over the last year. We have done so many stories on the weather problems that we've had, be it drought conditions last summer or very wet conditions starting last fall and continuing on into planting this year. We'll have a lot of talk about the weather coming up on the news headline segment. We'll also talk about the census of agriculture. We'll talk about the new card that you have to have to get your sales tax exemptions on agricultural inputs and many other issues, all of that coming up in our news headline segment. The Louisiana legislature is in session right now, and in grassroots government this week, we'll check in with Joe Mapes. Joe is a lobbyist for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. There are several bills that he's watching in the Louisiana legislature, and Joe will bring us up to date on everything happening right now at the state capitol. We'll go in the field this week up to northwest Louisiana, my old stomping grounds, to visit with an old friend of mine, Blake McCartney. Blake farms with his brother Brandon and his father in Red River Parish. Blake will bring us up to date on the issues he's facing with the weather, the issues he's facing with hogs killing his corn crop, and many other things trying to get this spring planting done up there in Red River Parish. In our market segment, we'll check in with our regular market analyst, Greg Fox. We'll update us on the grain markets. Dave Foster checks in on the cattle markets. And then we'll wrap up this week's podcast with a look at the Louisiana Ag Calendar. All of that coming up on our anniversary episode or our birthday episode, whichever one you want to call it, episode number 30, one year of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. And it all kicks off right now. Here's a look at the latest news headlines in Louisiana agriculture on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Mother Nature tops the news in this podcast as Louisiana farmers continue to fight rain in an effort to get the 2019 crop in the ground. Don Molino reports. It's been raining a lot in most of Louisiana late, and the northeast part of the state is no exception. West Carroll Parish County agent Bruce Garner says they've gotten four to six inches of rain in the past few days. Our corn crop pretty much in the ground, and right now we've got some fields underwater. The good thing is, is we've got some warm, dry weather predicted for the next few days. Hopefully we'll dry out and get some, some good growing conditions together. You know, right now the corn crop in a lot of places in two to three leaf stage. Corn can take some abuse at that stage, and especially with the sun coming out today, that'll help to go ahead and jump it on out. East Carroll Parish County Agent Ralph Fraser reports the same conditions. It does put a big cramp in it, especially there along the river where we were already battling seep water and couldn't get into fields and just keep adding to the problems. I think we got two days of sunshine predicted, and then I think the next three days, the last time I looked, we had pretty significant chances of rain, probably through the weekend. LSU Ag Center Extension Service Corn Specialist, Dr. Dan Fromme at the Deanley Research Station just south of Alexandria, says the rain did cause some problems. You know, we hate to see the amount of rainfall uh, that we receive this time of year, especially when the corn is coming up, and, uh, you know, we're probably... We're just about finishing up 
the planning for the season. Uh, when you look at the numbers, uh, roughly 96%, you know, basically had been planted uh, when the rains hit. Uh, with that, you know, just a rough estimate, 50 to 60% of the corn uh, has emerged, you know, from the uh, from the soil. But, uh, you know, we've experienced uh, anywhere from, you know, five to nine inches in a lot of areas. And, of course, that can cause some uh, really flooded fields, soil conditions, really waterlogged. And, and uh, you know, prior to uh, the uh, the corn plant reaching the uh, the six-leaf stage, six-leaf stage, it's really vul- vulnerable to uh, to a lot of rain and, and uh, you know, above uh, average more soils that can uh, pretty well, uh, you know, do a number on the root system, you know. And, of course, later on in the season, we need that root system to pull nutrients and, uh, and moisture, you know. From the soil, so you know, right now, hopefully, uh, we won't receive uh, any more rain for a while. But uh, if you farm and work in agriculture in Louisiana, this does happen uh, uh, quite frequently uh, in uh, years here in Louisiana, especially uh, you know right after we plant and and so forth. But uh, right now, we're just hoping for some sunshine and, and a favorable favorable forecast for the next uh, next week or two. Dan, does it look like there's going to be a lot of replanting of the crop right now? As far as uh, replanting is concerned, it's still a little uh, still early to determine that. Uh, you know, a lot of these fields that uh, received a lot of rain, uh, you know, still haven't had enough uh, you know heat units or DD50s to come out of the ground. So we've got to got to give that a little bit longer. And then once we do see some emergence, you know, begin to take some uh, some plant stand counts. So, you know, uh, latter part of this week, next week, uh, I think we'll we'll have a better handle on that. So I have to assume a lot of nitrogen fertilizer got washed out by the rain as well. That's another another issue or, or problem with uh, you know a lot of rain uh, that we've experienced is uh, that a uh, you know uh, a large percentage, not maybe a large percentage, but some fields had already. Uh, uh, that it emerged, there had been some uh, nitrogen applications uh, applied, side dress that is. And of course, when you get that much rain, uh, you can uh, experience a lot of that uh, nitrogen being lost from uh, just denitrification and then possibly even some leaching down, you know, into the soil profile. So that could be a factor too as well. I'm Don Molino on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Rice planting in southwest Louisiana is wrapping up while north Louisiana rice growers are just getting started. But with most of the rice in the southwestern part of the state, that means most of our state's rice crop is in the ground. We're probably uh, a good 75% completed uh, in our rice plantings across the state here in Louisiana. That's LSU Ag Center rice specialist Dustin Harrell. USDA is calling for a 9% drop in Louisiana rice acreage this year, but Harold doesn't necessarily agree with that. However, that's an early report. I don't think we're going to be quite that low. Uh, in fact, I think we'll be very similar to what we had last year. And Harold says farmers in north Louisiana are expected to plant more acres of row rice this year. That production practice actually gives them the opportunity to make last-minute decisions whether they're going to plant rice or, or, or soybeans. LSU Ag Center Rice Specialist Dustin Harrell. USDA released its latest crop progress and condition report for Louisiana on Monday. Of course, with all of the rain, it shows that soil moisture levels continue to be very good. Right now, topsoil moisture supplies 0% very short, 1% short, 64% adequate, and 35% surplus. 
As far as planting progress goes, we were just talking about rice planting. The report shows rice now 85% planted in Louisiana. 77% of the crop has now emerged. Sorghum planting now 60% done with 43% of that emerged. Soybean planting, we're at 24% planted. However, that is well behind the five-year average pace, which is 43%. Sweet potato planting getting underway with 1% of the crop now in the ground. 3% of the cotton crop is planted here in Louisiana. Crop condition ratings in the report shape up like this. The winter wheat crop now 2% rated excellent, 40% good, 45% fair, and 13% poor. Sugar cane ratings show that 11% of the cane crop is rated excellent, 50% rated good, 32% fair, and 7% of the cane crop rated poor to very poor. Louisiana farmers and ranchers will need a new card to continue to get their sales tax exemptions here in our state. Avery Davidson has more. If you're involved in agriculture on any level, listen up. This is important. Effective May 1st, you must have a card issued by the Louisiana Department of Revenue to receive tax exemptions when you purchase agricultural inputs and supplies. The Department of Revenue calls that card Form 1091. So how do you get the card? You must first fill out Form 1085 from the Louisiana Department of Revenue. That form is titled Application for Certification as a Commercial Farmer. As per the instructions on the form, you must include your most recent federal income tax schedule or form used to report farm income and expenses. For most of you, that will be a Schedule F. You must also indicate whether or not you're a first-time farmer. If you are a first-time farmer, the card you receive will be good for one year only, and you'll have to fill out Form 1085 again next year. If you are not a first-time farmer, the card issued by the Department of Revenue will be good for three years. If you do not submit the Form 1085 and the requested information, starting July 1st, you will have to pay full state sales tax on all purchases of feed, seed, fertilizer, and other inputs. If you're wondering where this comes from, the Louisiana legislature passed a law two years ago requiring commercial farmers present a card when making purchases to receive tax exemptions. There is a chance the legislature could change the law again this session. We'll keep you posted. Regardless, now is the time to fill out and submit Form 1085 to the Louisiana Department of Revenue to keep your tax-exempt status. Avery Davidson, host of the weekly television show This Week in Louisiana Agriculture. Again, if you need more information on filling out your forms and getting your sales tax-exempt card, go to the Louisiana Department of Revenue's website, revenue.louisiana.gov. Every five years, USDA releases the Census of Agriculture. The most recent one came out just a couple of weeks ago. Louisiana Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry, Dr. Mike Strain, takes a look at Louisiana's census results. The 2017 census data, uh, land and farms increased 1.2%. Total number of farms decreased by 2.5%. said while the total number of farms decreased slightly, Louisiana saw an increase of 26% in farms of less than 9 acres. Think about that. Total land and farms, 7,997,000. 511. Number of farms, 27,386. Average size of our farms, 292 acres, 292. Average age, 57.4 years of age. And of course, the census of agriculture is an important part of U.S. history. 
that remains as relevant today as it was in 1840 when it was first conducted. Louisiana Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry, Mike Strain. Well, if the weather isn't enough for Louisiana cotton farmers to worry about, there's something else on the horizon to cause trouble. Don Molino reports. A relatively new disease has been confirmed in cotton fields in Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, and Florida that has the potential to devastate a crop. But LSU Ag Center plant pathologist Dr. Trey Price says it hasn't reached Louisiana. It's a disease caused by a virus that's, that's new to the United States. It's similar to the cotton blue disease that originated in Africa a long time ago. But that's a typical strain, and we have an atypical strain that's most similar to something they have in South America. It's called cotton leaf roll dwarf virus. I know that's a mouthful, so we just abbreviate it CLRDV. Um, they found it all over the state in Alabama. Um, they found it in Florida and uh, Georgia and Mississippi. I'm not sure how many counties they have. They've, they've identified in those states. But I haven't seen anything in the state. But then again... We didn't know what we were looking for until they found it in Alabama, so we'll definitely keep an eye out for it uh, during 2019. Price says late planting cotton is most susceptible to cotton leaf roll dwarf virus. Last year in Alabama, they they estimated a yield loss of of 6%, and that's uh, based on dollar figures. But they mainly saw it in their June-planted cotton. And I don't know too many growers in Louisiana that plant cotton in June, so hopefully if we get our crop in on time during late April or during May, mid-May, hopefully we won't see this thing. It's, the virus is transmitted by aphids. The aphid pressure kind of has a lot to do with it as well. And Price says even though the disease hasn't reached Louisiana yet, it's still nothing to panic over. I would say if, if they found it in Mississippi, it's only a matter of time before we pick it up here in Louisiana. I don't think it's any reason to cause a big panic. It's just something to look out for. The disease losses in, in Brazil, I've seen estimates that in susceptible varieties that were fairly alarming. They were upwards of, of 80% down there, but they have different production system down there, and you know it's kind of it's just a different ball game here in Louisiana. So we just have to see. Uh, we're definitely keeping an eye out for it. We've got some of the best cotton consultants in the world here, and, and I think. If it were here, if it, if it had been here in years past, we would have found it. But it's just something to keep an eye out for, and, and uh, we'll just have to monitor the situation. I'm Don Molino on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. And that is a look at some of the latest news headlines in Louisiana agriculture. Don't forget, you can check out our website for all of the latest news, happenings, and information, voiceoflaag.com voiceoflaag.com. We update that website every weekday with the latest news and information in our agricultural industry here in our state. While you're at the website, there's a button right in the middle of the homepage. You can click that button and subscribe to our daily e-newsletter. It's called the Daily Voice. We produce that e-newsletter every weekday, and we have it in your inbox every weekday morning at 5 a.m. Subscribe to the Daily Voice right there on the homepage of the website, and you'll get updated every single morning right there in your inbox. Coming up next, it's time for Grassroots Government. We'll head to the state capitol to see what's happening. The Louisiana legislature is in session, and we have several agricultural bills that we're keeping an eye on. We'll check in with Louisiana Farm Bureau lobbyist Joe Mapes. Next on Grassroots Government, right here on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast.
If I asked you what the soil moisture and temperature was of your most distant field at this very moment, would you know? What about leaf wetness or an exact wind speed for spraying? Would you be able to pull it up on your smartphone or computer? With the DTN Ag Weather Station, all of these answers are at your fingertips. It's time to experience pinpoint field level forecasts that are 40% more accurate than the competition. Experience the DTN Ag Weather Station. With this level of information, you'll know exactly what's happening at any time in your actual fields. This allows you to plant, spray, and harvest with a new degree of precision. At DTN, we help you prosper in a dynamic world with a tool set that works like you do. The only difference, it's still on when the cows come home. Join the thousands of member farms across the country that are experiencing a new degree of weather precision. I prosper. I prosper. I prosper with DTN. Head to DTN.com today to learn more. It's time for a look inside the halls of government in this week's edition of Grassroots Government on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. On Grassroots Government, we check in with Joe Mapes. Joe is a lobbyist with the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. And Joe, I know we're uh, just about four weeks into this Louisiana legislative session for 2019. How are things going down there at the state capitol? Oh, they're going well, Terry. We're actually in the fourth week here. Session's starting to develop a personality. It always takes a little time to do that. Uh, things are starting to pick up as far as speed and intensity of the issues. So, you know, we've got about five weeks left. It's a short session, fiscal session only. Uh, no special sessions this year, Terry. I Thank think we'll be able to hold that commitment. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, and, you know, hopefully no big issues that affect agriculture uh, negatively one way or another will rise up and and get too much uh, attention, Carrie. Like, you know, it's an election year, and and and, and a lot of these issues are they're used to kind of drum up emotion and support, and then they die back down before we get out of here. So, hopefully, that's going to happen. Let's talk about a few bills. I know that uh, Francis Thompson's labeling bill that deals with things like almond milk and cauliflower rice using those terms. Uh, in fact, the bill preventing them from using those terms, I know that that bill has moved and seen some action. What's the latest on it? It's going well. Uh, it, it came, it's, coming, it's going to come out of the Senate, came out of Senator Francis Thompson's committee with no opposition. We don't expect any opposition in the House, Gary. Uh, we added sugar cane and a couple other, uh, a couple other, one other commodity, I think. I can't remember which one it was, but we're trying to cover all our bases there and make sure that one commodity can't use the name and the image of another commodity. So it's going well. I know another bill that has been in the news, legalizing growing industrial hemp here in Louisiana. What's the progress on that bill? Yes, uh, Jerry, we passed that bill at a House Agriculture Committee last Thursday without opposition. Uh, there was a, a lot of discussion, a lot of questions about the 75,000-plus uh, 75, uses of hemp. How many times could we grow uh, a crop in Louisiana? That question was asked several times. The answer is probably two due to the climate conditions and soil conditions here. Uh, we, we, we expect it to hit the House floor sometime next week, and we're, we're working with the governor's office as early as, as recently as this morning, and uh, the different caucuses trying to get everything aligned 
Uh, there's 43 states, carry uh, that have industrial hemp legalized to grow for farmers, and we just want to make it there before 49 states are, are there. What other bills are you keeping an eye on? Anything happening on some of our other key pieces of legislation that we're watching, Joe? We've got a piece of legislation coming up tomorrow, as a matter of fact, carry on. We call it the running waters legislation, and this bill was filed last year. There are fishermen in the state that, att- that contest that if state-owned water in the state is said to own surface water, and if that water overtakes private property, there are certain fishermen and individuals that believe that that property can now be fished by fishermen. Uh, of the, that's public domain because that water was owned by the state and it's overtaken the private property. We, however, completely disagree with that and say uh, we own the property under the water, we pay taxes on it, therefore we're liable for it. Uh, it's going to be a big, nasty issue, Carrie. We're on the side of property owners' rights. Uh, we think that we have the bill killed tomorrow in committee. Last year we thought that too. We got out of committee and we chased it all over the House floor. But uh, that's going to be a really nasty one. Uh, but we, we think we're going to be able to put it to rest. And hopefully in the interim we'll be able to work with the opposition and come up with some type of solution, Gary. Joe Mapes, he's a lobbyist for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Thanks so much for the update, Joe. Thank you, Gary. Up next, we go in the field to talk to one of you. We'll visit with Blake McCartney of Red River Parish. That's coming up next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This is Trace Atkins for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Growing up in Sarepta, I could see the value of agriculture every time I left the house. Whether it was timber going to the paper mill or cattle in a pasture, I knew the farmers, ranchers, and landowners were keeping my hometown on the map. And the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation helps keep them in business. So join the Farm Bureau today. Become a member at lafarmbureau.org or call your parish Farm Bureau office. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. We're taking you to the fields of Louisiana as we hear from one of you in the field on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. And we go in the field this week to talk with Blake McCartney of Red River Parish. Blake, how you doing today, my friend? I'm doing well. How about you? Man, doing all right. I know you guys have been fighting the weather just like all the other farmers here in Louisiana. First off, before we get started talking about that, tell folks about your farm, your operation, how many acres that you farm, and what crops are you putting in this year? My brother and myself have a partnership, and we have about 1,500 acres, but then we also basically farm with our dad as well, which is another 1,100, so we're just, you know, a little over 2,500 acres all total that we that all of our equipment goes across, and uh, we're primarily corn and soybeans, and that's that was what our mix was going to be again this year. Now, I think it's funny you say it's what your mix was going to be. I assume that's probably uh, up in the air. Like a lot of folks, uh, the best laid plans uh, don't necessarily pan out, and, and you can thank Mother Nature for that. Where do things stand right now as far as how many acres of corn, how many acres of beans that you're going to get in, and how's the weather affecting that? Well, like you said, we've been fighting it. You know, it's always seems like it. Every week we're fight we're we're racing another rain, and so our uh, 
planting intentions on corn we didn't get all of all of it in the ground that we wanted to we were within a couple hundred acres but then of course even some of that that we did get in the ground uh drowned it out so so we're our our crop mix is going to change percentage wise we're still going to be the same crops but uh, it's just going to be a different percentage than what we had intended to be for the year if you had to do any replants on that uh we have had to do some replant some of it the timing that we're that we're at now because some of it didn't get planted until uh two days before the final planting date on our crop insurance and and that is some of it that got affected the worst by the big rains that we got directly behind that so that acre that the acres there are actually going to be shifted into soybeans, which is going to end up being somewhere around 300 acres, three to 400 acres that would have been corn that will be transferred over to soybeans now. How bad has the rain been so far for you, Blake, uh, up in your part of the country? Well, like I said, it, it almost seems like we have a rain event weekly, and it's just a matter of which farm you're on as to how bad it it affects that place the you know just last week we ranged anywhere from two inches to three tenths depending on what farm it was on and so um it you know we've got acres that it has just devastated and then we've got acres that are you know they're still making it they're probably a week and a half to two weeks behind what we would like them to be but you know at this point they still look okay but then again they're forecasting again this week another depending on what forecast you listen to two to four inches and that that much rain you know is really never good you know especially on a young crop well blake i know everyone is uh, familiar with the fact that we had some really severe weather in a lot of places uh in north louisiana i know there in the desoto red river area where you are there was some severe weather as well uh have you heard of any uh, damages around your place? Uh, anybody suffering any issues with uh, possible tornadoes or any damage like that? Not that I'm aware of. The biggest that I heard from anyone was just, you know, localized flooding. And, and there were there were places that had received as much as four inches of rain in that one night of that storm. And so, again, when the ground is basically already saturated and you get four inches within, you know, uh, five to six hour period then it's gonna it's gonna cause a mess and that's that's the biggest things that i've heard of well blake uh, i know in past years uh, i've joined you on some hog hunts on your place this time of year trying to put that corn in the ground i know the hogs uh, have always been a problem for you tearing up your new corn uh, newly seeded corn ground what kind of problems are you having out of hogs this year has anything changed is it just as bad is it getting worse How's the hog situation on your place? Well, they're they're a, a constant threat. We ended up having to replant about 60 acres of corn this year, which is not as much as we have had, you know, in certain years in the past. But there again, it all all depends what field you go to. You know, uh, of those 60 acres, the biggest part of those were in in two fields that they that they took out the better part of those fields, and then. So fortunately, some of our bigger fields, they seem to avoid for whatever reason. But, you know, they're just a just a constant threat to us and, and something that we we basically work on 
all year long. So what's what's the kill count up to this year? Well, we haven't been killing as many, uh, but just just in the two weeks that we were patrolling, you know, till the corn got up, I think we killed fifty in those two weeks. Wow. Personally, and then of course neighbors are doing the same thing. So, you know, I, I'm sure in within the parish, we're you know, are just within our surrounding neighbors and all that we're 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 in the hundreds right now. But I'm I'm not certain for sure. You know what everyone else has done. Well, Blake, when will you get started on soybeans on your place? Well, we've actually got the grain drill running today. We're trying to finish up a couple of fields, and then we're gonna let it sit and see what what this rain event does you know rather than uh hurry and get a lot out there and and get four inches of rain on it and have to go across it a second time that's nobody likes to go back and redo fields and so that's what we're we're going to sit for a couple of days and see what we get out of this rain and and go back at it again well blake i know in the past you guys have put some weed in how long has it been since you've had any weed on your place we're probably uh, about five years that we haven't had any wheat. Uh, it it was starting to get the markets were starting to get to the the tempting territory back this fall. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, about the time they did, the bottom fell out of that again, and so we just you know we haven't put wheat back into the rotation yet. So it's just all a matter of price, huh? That's right. That's right. That's Blake McCartney. He farms with his brother Brandon in Red River Parish. Thanks a lot, Blake. Appreciate your time, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you. Up next, it's time to take a look at the markets. Greg Fox will look at the grains while Dave Foster checks out cattle. That's coming up next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. What comes out of the ground creates energy and has been a major contributor to Louisiana's economy for over two centuries? No, it's not oil. It's sugar. Sugar cane, sweet sugar cane. Ever since the Jesuits began cultivating sugar in colonial Louisiana, this sweet crop has had a major impact on our economic well-being. Each year, our sugarcane industry creates an economic boon of nearly $3 billion for the Bayou State. This vital business engine supports fuel and fertilizer distributors, tractor and automotive dealerships, supermarkets, and more than 15,000 Louisiana jobs. The sugar industry also benefits research universities and schools, banks, and insurance agencies. Sugarcane, sweet sugarcane. The Louisiana sugarcane industry. Helping empower the people of Louisiana for more than 220 years. Louisiana Sugar, making life sweeter, naturally. Now let's look at the markets with insight from the experts at the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. And to talk about the markets, we check in with Greg Fox. He's a grain marketing specialist with the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association. Greg, let's start things off talking about the soybean market. Since last time you and I have talked, uh, this thing has fallen well below $9. What's been going on in putting the pressure on this market? The Asian swine fever has really kind of stepped up and taken a lot of this market down. Um, it's 
been reported in every province in China, and it's really knocked into you know their overall beam usage. So it's cut back quite a bit, so they just don't need as much. And then the planning in the U.S. has started, and it's slow right now, but it's still not behind the five-year average, pretty much on pace. And then you you look at those projected acres, and then you look at our stocks that we're sitting on. It's hard to project a higher bean price when you're staring at so many beans on the market. And, of course, South America is in their harvest right now, and it doesn't look like it's slowing down. It could possibly produce a little bit more than what we initially thought for this year's crop for South America. What about the corn market, Greg? I know that uh, you know we've seen a lot of pressure on that thing lately. Funds are, are record short positions in that market. Uh, just a lot of negative news there. Any upside to talk about? It's starting to pick up a little bit. Uh, it was you know up slightly today. Um, planning progress, they're a little bit behind. You look at the five-year average, and they're – it's a 25%. You're roughly looking at 15% right now planted on corn. So it's a little bit behind, which could be a concern, especially when you look at the acres that were flooded. A lot of that stuff's not going to be able to go into corn simply because of all the leaching of the fertilizer. And so you might see some bean acres pick up there, but we are going to see corn acres definitely adjust from what they gave us on the March 30th or the 29th report planning uh, progress report or the projected planning report, excuse me. But how much is that really going to impact the overall market? Could be just a drop in the bucket. I think what's going to help corn more is on the feed side where we're seeing more pork shipped to China because of their swine fever issue. They're importing more pork from the U.S. So you could see where the feed side picks up on corn feeding the uh, hog market. You could see that on the soybean side as well. Maybe they start grinding more beans for mill for that protein feed, we'll just kind of have to see how that plays out, but could be some silver lining there to these markets. Greg, when will Midwest planting delays become a reality? When will the market actually, you know, recognize that and acknowledge that that may be a problem? I mean, we had snow across many, many areas of the Midwest last week. Um, when is that really going to affect the market? Uh, you probably, you know, May, we'll start to see really good reports on what planning is looking. About middle of May, I think you'll start to see some really good progress reports on planning. And then the June uh, 28th report, that's the planted acres report. When that report hits and says, this is the number of acres that are planted, you know, we saw that a couple of years ago where beans were kind of down in the doldrums and all of a sudden that report hit and we were limited up, uh, pushed us back up into the $10 range. Uh, we should hear a lot more rumblings before then. And so you could see those markets kind of project themselves one way or the other before that report. But the 28th report in June, that'll be the official stamp on it. As for these are the planted acres. So we, we got a ways to go before the, the USDA officially says what they are, but you know, about middle of May, I think we'll have a good idea, a good idea of where they could go, and then obviously into June you'll start to hear private reports on where they think it'll go, and the markets will react to it accordingly. Greg, what are you hearing from your customers out in the country here in Louisiana? I know that you know rain has just has been a constant problem uh, in corn, and and now that we're getting soybeans rolling as well, it's it's a definitely a tough situation. What are you hearing from your folks? Uh, the, 
so far, you know, there's some areas where they're they're putting fertilizer out, and they're going to start planting beans, or if they haven't already started planting beans. There's been a few beans put in the ground, um, so it, it's it's been kind of getting ready and getting going, pulled in all directions now because of the way the weather has fallen out. Everything needs a shot of fertilizer and get corn finished up, and then get the get those beans in the ground. So it's a lot of action going on right now in the field from the few folks that we've been able to catch on the telephone. Greg Fox, Grain Marketing Specialist, Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association. Thanks a lot, Greg. Yes, sir. And now to talk about the cattle market, we check in with Dave Foster. He is CEO of Cattle Producers of Louisiana. Dave, it's been about a month since you and I visited. How are things going for you? Well, everything's uh, everything's moving along, and, and uh, I guess we could say things are changing, uh, right, to keep you kind of up to date, I guess, or around where we are and what we're doing is, is that in the cattle markets, um, this, I don't think we, we're, we'll get to that peak of a dollar 30 or, or higher in the fat cattle trade because, um, last week it started going south again. And now we're, we're just about to the time when we, we get into the doldrums of summer when it comes to the fat cattle trade, for example, um, uh, these, these packers have been gathering inventory up because we've got uh, two big holidays coming up in the month of May. One is the biggest holiday as far as restaurants are concerned, the consumption of, of, uh, of beef, and that is uh, Mother's Day. And then the other one is Memorial Day. In many places, certainly up in the north, it's kind of like uh, this, is, uh, th- this is where summer starts. But um, uh, they, the, the fat cattle market kind of took a, a, a big dive uh, last week. Uh, they were in that 126 to 128, a few to 129 in the mid, mid uh, part of April. And now they're, uh, last week, uh, they were down in that 124 to 125 kind of a market. So we're kind of, we're, we're seeing that. Uh, the other thing is, coupled with that, uh, these, um, these heavier weight cattle going into the feedlot that are weighing oh let's say seven fifty to nine fifty there was some pressure on those as well uh because um this weather we've had those cyclones that moved through in the north and surely held the weights back and cattle are moving out a little bit behind schedule, so we've got that to contend with. Well, Dave, what does that mean for our cattle producers right here in Louisiana? Uh, for us in, in Louisiana, we're, we're really in a pretty good position, Kerry, because the, the thing that we've got is uh, we've got lightweight feeder cattle. And by that, I mean the majority of our calves that, uh, that are coming to market will be coming to market, uh, either going direct or, or going through the auction markets. Are, are lightweight. They're they're under 650 pounds for the most part, and uh, and that's something that we're coming right up into the grass time. And with all that wet weather we've had north of here, one thing for sure that has happened, and that is that the grass is growing. And so demand has been really really good for our calves that go on summer grass or uh, calves that. Uh, they can go two ways. Our heavier calves, those six weight calves, seven weight calves, they can they can go to grass for a while and then go into the feedlot. So, for us here in the south, uh, 
and more importantly here in Louisiana, we, we are kind of in a good position right now. So I'm telling all our people that uh, what we need to be looking at is get yourself lined up. If you've got fall-born calves, you'll be selling those in June, July. So you better be uh, hustling up with your marketing agent and figuring out what you need to do and when you need to do it and make sure that uh, you've got a game plan. And then for the springborn calves, when they come to market sometime in that August, September time frame, they too need to be working diligently trying to figure out a way to take advantage of this market. And, and again, I think that um, we'll be in a good, good position uh, demand-wise for our type of calves. So I think that, that uh, just now everybody needs to uh, keep those calves alive, and after they keep them alive, they need to put weight on them and, uh, and sell heavy calves, if you will. So there's, that's kind of a snapshot maybe of where we are and, and what we need to be doing. And, and I think bottom line is this. I think that uh, we're in a very favorable time of the year and certainly a variable time in the cattle industry when uh, demand for our calves is, uh, is good to very good. Dave, you mentioned the weather, of course, affecting folks all over the country right here in Louisiana. We've just been fighting weather constantly for the last uh, year at least. What are you hearing from your membership out there in the country? How is weather affecting cattle producers right now in Louisiana? We're just coming out of that now. The grass is growing. Uh, pastures are, are, are getting to where they can, uh, they can handle some more cattle, so we're in good shape kind of there um with all the moisture that we have had uh we could have a a pretty good uh, hay season to start with and replenish all that hay that um, we never did get last year and had to had to bring in some hay so i i think that if if this weather uh, continues to cooperate uh i believe that uh, these people will 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 kind of react to that uh it looks like the row croppers they uh they finally did get the corn planted and uh some of the beans planted the rice people are a little bit behind uh but with this uh with, with modern machinery today it doesn't take those fellows very long to get caught back up again dave foster he is ceo of cattle producers of louisiana thanks so much for the insight dave oh you're more than welcome What is happening in Louisiana agriculture? Well, we'll look at the calendar and find out. The Louisiana Ag Calendar is next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This is Trace Atkins for Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. You know your Louisiana Farm Bureau membership gives you access to the best insurance on the planet, but it can also save you hundreds when you buy a car. On vacation, your Louisiana Farm Bureau membership gets you discounts on hotels and rental cars, and it makes you part of a group that's 143,000 families strong. So go to LAFarmBureau.org or call your parish Farm Bureau office to become a member. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. Agriculture. Now to wrap up this week's podcast, let's take a look at what's coming up this week on the Louisiana Ag Calendar. 
We are reaching the time of year where things really slow down on the ag calendar. Not a whole lot to talk about. Now that planning is rolling full speed and farmers are out in the fields, there just aren't very many meetings going on right now because everybody's busy getting work done. But we do have a couple of items to talk about, but not very many over the next few weeks. We'll start with Tuesday, April the 30th. That's the day after we're releasing this podcast. The Louisiana Foreign Bureau Federation's Women's Leadership Committee is having their state capitol day. They'll be spending the day at the state capitol learning more about how the legislative process works. Again, that's Tuesday, April 30th. Louisiana Farm Bureau Women's Leadership Committee State Capital Day in Baton Rouge. Then on Thursday, May the 2nd, the Louisiana Beef Industry Council is holding their meeting at the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation's office in Baton Rouge. This is a meeting that is open to any Louisiana cattle producer, and in fact, they encourage cattle producers to come and attend the meeting to see how the beef checkoff is utilized here within the state. Of course, you have that dollar checkoff, 50 cents of that goes to the national beef checkoff, 50 cents stays here in Louisiana, and the Louisiana Beef Industry Council is charged with spending and stewarding that 50 cent beef checkoff. If you'd like more information on how it's used, come to the meeting Thursday, May 2nd, Louisiana Farm Bureau office in Baton Rouge. Then on May the 8th, that's a Wednesday, the Louisiana Farm Bureau's Young Farmer and Rancher Committee is having their state capital visit. They'll be visiting the state capital and learning more about the legislative process. Again, that's Thursday, May the 8th. And believe it or not, folks, that's all we've got for the month of May on the Louisiana Ag Calendar. So a slow month, but it's good because folks are out there getting things done out in the fields and in the pastures of Louisiana. Well, that wraps up Episode 30 of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, our one-year anniversary slash birthday episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll have another podcast coming up for you in just a couple of weeks. In the meantime, be sure to connect with us on social media. We're on both Facebook and Twitter. The handle is at Voice of LA Ag. At Voice of LA Ag, we keep those accounts updated with the latest news and happenings in Louisiana agriculture each and every weekday. See you next time right here on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Thanks for listening to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This podcast is produced by Kerry Martin and the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. For more information, be sure to check out our website, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.org and lafarmbureau.org.